It's Daily Thunder, the truth of Jesus Christ dished out live every morning from the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado with a bit of manly grit and gusto. Find out more at live.ellerslie.com. Now, here's today's special guest, Dan McConaughey. So this name, it's, it's really an interesting name. One of the thoughts that... that uh, came up with it. I have a quote from a gentleman. He says, some would suggest that the concept of jealousy as a godly emotion has lost its ability to be intelligible to the modern mind. We, we have a tendency to agree with our culture, with our world that we live in. And it's very interesting to, to see that this name of God, El Kanah, means God who is jealous. God who is jealous. So as we ponder this issue of jealousy, if, if we go to Scripture to find out how it discusses it, uh, in Saul, in, well, let's go to the first, the first occurrence of the term jealous in Scripture. The first occurrence of the term there's a, there's a theory, and I suggest to you that it's a theory, which mean, has significance that it's a theory, <laughs> that the first occurrence of a concept in Scripture presents, its, presents itself in its purest form. That, that the first time it's mentioned is the time that you get your foundation for what it means throughout the rest of Scripture. Well, if that's the case, and it's really possible in this case that it's that way, the term jealous first occurs in Exodus 20, verse 5. Actually, we'll start with verse 3. And it says, You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol, or any likeness of what is in heaven above, or on earth beneath, or in the water under the earth. You shall not worship them or serve them, because I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. Now the next time that the uh, commandments are restated in Exodus 34, it says... You shall not worship any other God for the Lord whose name is Jealous. So here we find out his actual proper name, his his proper name is Jealous. So Elkanah is is actually his name, not just a description and not just a title, but his very name. Jealousy, in order to be the real thing, in order to actually be jealousy, needs four things. It needs a lover, a beloved, a covenant relationship, and a threat of violation of that relationship. And that threat of violation 
can come from outside that covenant relationship, where, where something from outside can attempt to seduce the beloved, or it can come from inside where the beloved themselves can seek elsewhere. So we have a lover, God. God so loved the world. We have a beloved, his people, Israel, the church. We have a covenant relationship. God says, I will be your God and you will be my people. And then we have, whoa, a violation to that. Did you know that a violation to that means that you're seeking from somewhere else the very thing that that relationship was intended to provide? What's another word for that? It's called idolatry. Isn't it interesting that the first time that God brings up his name as Elkanah is with regard to the commandment, you shall have no other gods before me. There's a lot of people, I've, I've talked to many people who think that the concept of jealousy is only wrong. It's only evil. It's only that, that there's no way that God could have that emotion. Yet the first time it's ever mentioned is with reference to God. Now there's, a, there's kind of a, a scary portion of this that when God responds to the threat, see if I can find it here. Hmm. When God responds to that threat against the relationship, it's interesting that his response is not defensive, nor is it reactionary. He does not react. He responds aggressive, offensive, and surgical. A surgical strike you know how surgery works, right? They don't go in and cut out a portion of your body. They cut, go in and they cut out the thing, the portion of it. How would you like somebody to do non-surgical brain surgery? And just slice off at the neck. <laughs> That's non-surgical. A surgical strike is precision. God goes right to the heart of the issue. You can see him do that all the way through the, um, the prophets in the Old Testament. Now, I've also had people say, well, that's, that's so seldom mentioned in Scripture. You know, I, I don't even, can't even think of where it's mentioned. Well, in the Old Testament, it's mentioned at least 90 times. And at least half of those times are in reference to God being jealous for his people, for his glory, for the truth, for the faithfulness of his people. In the New Testament, at least 40 times, 
the issue of jealousy is mentioned. We think, man, that's a ton of times. 90 times plus, that's 130 times just, to, just in the Word of God that we have this concept addressed. And in the Old Testament, at least half of them are with reference to God. Do you remember that Jesus said in King James, it says, I, am, I am, have zeal for the house of the Lord? He's quoting from Psalm 69, verse 9, and it uses the word kana. I am jealous for the house of the Lord. Why? Because the house of the Lord was intended to be something. What was it intended to be? A house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. There was a threat. And Jesus responded surgically, aggressively, and offensively. What did he do? Do you remember? Hmm? What did he do? You. Yeah. He drove him out. He made a whip and drove him out. Contrary to some of our feelings about peaceful, loving Jesus, you know? So we have there in the Old Testament the view that, that God is jealous for his people initially with respect to them having other gods. Well, if you read through the prophets, you'll find that there's, there's almost a confusion between two words. And those two words are idolatry and adultery. That God sees idolatry as an adulterous relationship. And so if we go to the New Testament, we find out Jesus addressed that. He said, I'm here. If you seek signs and wonders, you're an adulterous generation. That's uncomfortable for a lot of us who are engaged with those particular things, isn't it? (laughs) It doesn't make us feel completely comfortable. Another place where it addresses it is in James 4. And this is really an interesting, kind of a clarifying thing of a confusing passage. I think, Nathan, you would find this an interesting response to some of these things. In James 4, it says, let's go with... We could call it verse, starting with verse 2. It says, You lust and do not have, so you commit murder. You are envious and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask, and you ask and do not receive because you ask with wrong motives so that you may spend it on your pleasures. You adulteresses, So here's a challenge. Why is James only talking to women? Because 
We are the bride. He's not talking to women. He's talking to the church, the body of Christ, who is the bride of Christ. Okay? So he says, you adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is hostility toward God? I don't know if you remember. Last time I got up here and spoke, I talked about how that actually makes God our enemy. Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself the enemy of God. So here's, here's this. Man, this is tough to, make, to think that just by being friends with the world that we are the enemy of God. But what did God just call them? What did James just call them? People who are friends with the world? Adulteresses. Okay? So keep these things in mind. He called them adulteresses. Then he says, friendship with the world makes you the enemy of God. And then here's a verse that maybe some of us who have been around long enough and have read enough things, it's an extremely controversial verse to understand. It says, Or do you think that the scripture speaks to no purpose? He jealously desires the spirit which he has made to dwell with us or in us. So there's confusion about the word there, jealous. It's not the same word that's used all the way through. And it's interesting because the, the statement that people make on that is that, well, that word is never used as a positive characteristic, so it must not be. But if, it is, if it's referring to he being jealous who desires the spirit that he's put in us, how about having this view of it? Here's the one example where it's used positively. Rather than saying, well, it's never used positively, so it's not positively here, so let's... Con- twist it and construe it to mean something else. Where actually what, what this is saying is that, remember the adulteresses? Okay. Remember the enemies of what? Of the relationship that's formed that causes adultery to be the issue. And then he says... Do you think that Scripture speaks to no purpose? Which Scripture do you think he's referring to? How about the one that says, God is jealous, and his name is jealous, so do not be a worshiper of false gods. So his very name says, don't worship false gods. And so, here he is, saying that, this, that he, God, jealously, jealously desires the spirit that he put in us, which he has made to dwell in us, and that he gives great grace to us in order to be able to get through this. And so we have a God here who, if he was not a jealous God, we would not be saved. So I am so grateful that he is Elkanah. But it's a fearful thing 
to have a God like that because what is our tendency? Why does it say in 1 Corinthians, right in the middle of the chapter, flee idols? Why does, it, why does the last verse in 1 John, the last verse of all of 1 John says, therefore, little children, keep yourselves from idols. Because our tendency is the same as the tendency of the children of Israel. We are the bride of Christ. James recognizes that there is an attack. Now, Paul in, first, in 2 Corinthians 11, he starts out by saying, by saying that, uh, Okay, 2 Corinthians 11. I'll read it to you. I can't remember it exactly. He says, I wish that you would bear with me in a little foolishness. Verse 2. I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy. I'm jealous for you with a godly jealousy. For I betrothed you to one husband, that is to Christ, that I might present you as a pure virgin. But... Now, what was it that the that jealousy needs to exist? It needs to have a lover, a beloved, a relationship, and a threat. So Paul says, "I'm jealous for you with a godly jealousy." So there must be a relation. There must be a lover. There must be a, li- a beloved. I betrothed you to one husband, the lover that to Christ I might present you as a pure virgin, the beloved. The relationship, husband, bride, and a threat. He says, but I'm afraid. He recognizes, there's a threat, and I'm afraid for you guys. That's what Paul said to them, okay? I'm not necessarily saying it to you, although there is a level of fear that I have on your behalf for the same thing. I'm afraid lest as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness that your minds should be led astray or distracted from the purity and simplicity of devotion to Christ. And then he gives a reason why. For if one comes and preaches another Jesus... Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt worship no other gods because I am a jealous God and my name is jealous. If someone comes and preaches another God, Jesus, what do they do? It's really interesting. Or you receive a different spirit or a different gospel doesn't bother you. He says, you handle that fine. What should we do if somebody comes and preaches another Jesus? Should we handle it fine? No, we should reject it outright the same way that God does aggressively, offensively, and surgically. That's the way that we have godly jealousy. Paul was pretty direct and straightforward when he called out names, 
when he addressed people to their face, when he did these things. That's, that's how we have to be if we're going to have a godly jealousy on behalf of God's glory and God's name. And a godly jealousy on behalf of his people. If we're jealous for God, we'll be jealous for his glory, his honor, and his name and reputation. We won't allow it to pass when somebody says, when somebody makes vile comments about our God. (laughs) For God's people, do you have jealousy for the holiness of the church? Do you have jealousy for the character of the people, their faithfulness, their obedience, their glorifying and honoring God? And do you have jealousy on behalf of the people of God for their well-being and their protection, for their fruitfulness and their deliverance and salvation? This is all based on the fact that our God is El Kanah, and we are his people. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for being Elkanah. We recognize that we, you would not have stepped up and intervened with Jesus had you not been a jealous God, had your name not been jealous. Thank you, Lord, that you are jealous. But let that also put fear in our heart, that we would fear you because you are jealous, that we would run to you rather than consider a violation of our relationship, that when we get seduced from the outside, that we would turn our back and flee the youthful lusts, And that when our mind thinks that we can find what you alone can give us elsewhere, Lord, that we would repent and we would turn to you. God, let us be faithful to that name, Elkanah, in our relationship with you. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Daily Thunder is a production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training and the Bravehearted Media Group. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and see it once again gain the stride of the Spirit emboldened and brave. The Daily Thunder video stream can be watched live daily at 8.15 a.m. Mountain Time, Monday through Saturday, and 7.15 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Join us at live.ellerslie.com. Please consider booking a stopover at the lovely Ellerslie campus at the foot of the majestic Rocky Mountains for one day, one week, one semester, or for an entire season. We hope to see you someday soon live and in person. Thanks for listening.